Hilliard listeners, uh, welcome to a special broadcast of the Hilliard Beacon. I'm your host, Kevin Corvo, who's becoming more comfortable with podcasts. Hooray! So I'm uh, leading this out with uh, my cohorts, um, Jordan Smith and Tim Hoffman. Good morning. Good morning. So thank you. And uh, for some of the new listeners, uh, Tim and Jordan approached me earlier this year and asked about interest um, in doing these podcasts and starting the Hilliard Beacon, which serves as a replacement uh, for Hilliard This Week and for Hilliard Northwest News, uh, where I started my career in uh, 1999 covering the city of Hilliard, which was the final year of the administration of former Hilliard Mayor Roger Reynolds, who is our special guest in the studio today, who I invited. So uh, we're going to ask him a few questions. I've been here, I've lived my whole life here. Uh, My parents moved here in 1972 from the only apartment they had over in Lincoln Village. My dad uh, was discharged from the U.S. Navy, uh, lived in Lincoln Village for a couple years, and then bought a house in Hilliard. So even though I'm but 53, um, I somewhat consider myself a historian of sorts. I can remember when train tracks crossed Cemetery Road twice and things of that nature. The LK restaurant on Cemetery Road, the Frishes, which is, became a Max and Irma's and is now a Sheets. Uh, but uh, somebody who can even speak more to that is in our studio today. As a child, I spent many, many summers at the Hilliard Pool. We simply called it the Hilliard Pool. Um, uh, East Pool, West Pool, no, Hilliard just Pool. Hilliard Pool. <laughs> and uh, they, you might have noticed, uh, many of the residents, I hope, uh, that the Hilliard Family Aquatic Center is in the Roger A. Reynolds Municipal Park. And that is, of course, named uh, for our mayor who is responsible for their being, uh, who helped build the first pool um, at all. And it, it occurred to me that some people driving around that saw Roger A. Reynolds Municipal Park probably would have logically assumed, well, here's somebody who was a founder of the city in one capacity or another, but I'll bet a fair amount of those people probably figured that this man must have been somebody who maybe lived in the early 1900s. Generations and generations <laughs> and generations ago. Right. Not, not still here, ready but to, ready to tell us about it. He's still here, and uh, Mr. Hilliard, uh, not only responsible for uh, building the West Pool, but was instrumental in among those who founded Old Hilliard Day. Uh, which is something else we could talk about, maybe later today or even a different podcast. But uh, I invited uh, Mayor Reynolds here uh, to tell the listeners a little bit about uh, the history of the city and his hand in uh, building the city we all call home, or those who live here call home and enjoy today. Um, So I thought I would start, um, sir, Mr. Reynolds, with um, the pool uh, and maybe uh, you telling us how uh, how the city came about. Uh, Phyllis Ernst was part of that, who was the first director of the uh, Recreation Parks Department under Roger's administration. So, well, thank you, Ke- thank you, Kevin. First, welcome. <laughs> welcome to this place. Well, thank Roger. you. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you for accepting my invitation, uh, Roger. Uh, to be I was here. glad to be here to expound on City of Hilliard. Hilliard is a really a wonderful place to live, to work raise your families. Mm -hmm. The uh, recreation we have in Hilliard is probably one of the tops in central Ohio. There's something for all ages going on continuously. Almost every day there's something coming from the recreation department. It wasn't always like that. Mm. Back in uh, 1971 when I first got involved uh, with the city, I actually was elected to city council and served there about six months, but the mayor, Provenzale, at that time, who was part-time mayor, decided we really needed a city manager at that time, so he combined all the directorships. So I was a recreation director, a service director, a safety director, and so on at that time. And there was a hue and cry for the residents for things for their kids to do and for, for them to do. Uh, recreation back then was that uh, the dads got together and built ball diamonds around on school property. So we had summer baseball, little league and pony league and, and that There's sort of still thing. Still some of those fields yeah, around yeah. still today. Those lights, I was told, at Alt Field came from old Jet Stadium. They did. Uh, real quick, tell us how that happened. I think they got trucked here well, from Mound Street and they put these lights up for the HBA. Those were acquired by the Hilliard 
optimist when they were, when the Jet Stadium had new lights put in. They asked and received the uh, old lights. And they Jet were, Stadium they, closed in 1970, and, so they were, and, and they, were they, they were brought here right. and uh, laid out, and they took turns sandblasting the posts and everything, and had had them installed. So those, yes, the, uh, the lights did come from Jet Stadium. It was closed for seven years until the county. Uh, uh, in 1977, the Clippers started playing there. They renovated the stadium and reopened it. But in, are those still the same light banks that are there today? I do not know that. Okay. I do not know that. Hmm. I just know they're expensive to run. I've heard, <laughs> I've heard that from school officials. So, so but, uh, you so were anyway, back, back then, that, uh, the only recreation is what the, the community was providing, mm-hmm. and the optimists had a big part in that. We did have a small pool on Latimer Square. Right uh, outside our studio. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Where uh, Nellis Tacos is, Latimer Square. It it was a small pool, and it was segregated at that that time. So, uh, and it used to be picketed occasionally from buses would come out from Columbus and picket that pool because it was segregated. But there was a hue and cry for new facilities, pools, whatever we could bring into recreation. But looking at the city coffers back at that time, there was no funds for that sort of thing. No funds whatsoever. So we, I say we, uh, my administration and so forth, decided to uh, get a city income tax, a 1% city income tax, which would be uh, divided into various categories, uh, some for streets, uh, some for the sewers, all that sort of thing, and a big chunk of it for recreation. And to help sell that, we got formed a chamber of commerce. We called all the small business people together at, at a meeting, and, and uh, we uh, they, they agreed they would support a, a, a city income tax. So that was the beginning of the chamber of commerce. I believe uh, Paul Tidrick was the one that uh, ran that. He was a realtor. He was the first one, but I had appointed him. And then I dropped out when they decided to have it, and Reynolds Roush became the, the first uh, president oh. of the Chamber of Commerce. Randall Roush owned and operated the Dairy Queen for uh, that's up right. until about last year, I think, or two years ago. So our, our first project was to acquire the land, that's where the municipal park is, okay. and to have a, like it was a bond issue, we had to acquire the funds for the municipal pool. It was the, at that time, it was the largest stainless steel pool in the world. At that huh. time, we, wow. were, we were we were noted for that. It might still be. I call it. It's it's a, it's a huge stainless steel pool. Was that a working farm where the West Pool sits at now? That, that was, land was that, acquired. That was not a working farm. Well, I suppose some of it was uh, uh, farmed a little bit, but uh, it was a dumping ground for the old materials and dirt that they they t- excavated from where the colonial. Homes are located right next to the park. It was full of concrete blocks and piles of dirt and clay, and and uh, there was a main drainage ditch coming out of that area uh, for that community, and they just dumped all the dirt and debris and and uh, looked like little hills going all the way down that that stretch. And the kids decided to uh, use that for their bicycles. Right. <laughs> for sure. So uh, that, that the, the kids kind of took over. For, they had recreation. They were, they were running up and down those, those hills. There were dirt bike trails behind Beacon yeah. Elementary. That you know. I rode my bikes on. If you're gonna, if you're going to take away their uh, dirt bike mounds, you have to give them. We, 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 we took away their dirt mound bags. But during this course of time, still trying to come up with recreation, we had. Uh, a need we felt for some kids to do something in the summer so we had a teen canteen and we put it in the cafeteria of the old high school which became a junior high school after more growth and at the same time I uh, attended an optimist meeting optimist and they had a new guy in town who's going to be the basketball coach and he was a uh, very good coach because he had coached in uh, over in Europe and had some of those teams over there. His name was Will Ernst. Hmm. So he became uh, during the summer, since he was not doing any school stuff, uh, ran the team canteen. And 
people were saying, well, you know, other areas have the parks for their kids and so forth, and uh, mauled that over a little bit, and I talked to him about it, and I said, uh, I'd like to have the, have the parks open and under supervision, and I said, I need a parks manager. You got any ideas of somebody? He said, I got just the right person, my wife. Mm-hmm. And that was Phyllis Ernst, and she became, under me, the first recreation director. And with very little equipment, the city built a, a, a sunshade or shelter house, and she had games and uh, checkers and all that stuff under in a trunk of her car. And she went around and organized the parks and had that going on. So that was. I went to some of those. Yeah, some of those early days. Uh, I I started kindergarten in 1975. Can you can I talk a little bit about? um, It seems like there was a lot of initial steps taken as you were coming into your role in city government. These first chamber of commerce, first parks administration, first real. uh, almost like secondary, second-tier administration. They had talked about making a city manager, somebody to elevate to that level, um, you know, something like that. Can you talk a little bit about how that has changed over the course of your time in Hilliard and how that's evolved and whether or not you feel that something has been gained, obviously in the amount of money we can marshal and the systems we can bring to bear, but do you feel that something has been lost as well over the time um, maybe a little bit of that early dynamism, maybe a little bit of that early willingness to change and manipulate the things that weren't working in order to make things that did work. What do you? What's your take on how governments evolved in Hilliard? Well, I had a staff that were all professionals because here I am, mayor. I mean, how much do I know about building the street or, or the, the, the pegging water and the trash and all that kind of stuff. So I got the very best people I could find at that time. Back then, we had our own water plant, and uh, it would uh, as we grew, we outgrew that water plant, and we couldn't treat everything really the way it should be treated. And once a year, we would uh, Jace had JCs in, and the city took it over. But once a year, uh, people would put out all their old plumbing, their water tanks, and so forth, and we'd gather them up, you know, because the the, the, the uh, faucets and things would have debris in it and then they quit working so we had that problem then we had our own sewer plant we got uh, in trouble with that because as we grew we couldn't handle everything and some of this material was going into the ditches and so forth and the uh, uh-huh. government wasn't very happy about that sure so back then uh, we were met with the city of Columbus and uh, we signed a contract with, with, with Columbus back there in, in the 70s, and they started providing all, all of our water. Okay, and the same deal with sewers. We had to contact with Columbus, and we contracted with them to take care of the sewage, and it's still going on. But Columbus is a regional supplier to all the communities around here now. Back then, it wasn't that way. They had, everyone had their own little system, you know, but, sure. but now it's one, one gigantic system. But the people that I, I had were, were, were excellent, and uh, we were trying to uh, make Hilliard attractive. People sometimes wouldn't even admit they lived in Hilliard, you know, they were so far away. So we started a pride program. Our slogan was, Hilliard is a pride community. And we started doing things to get some little notoriety. We, Kevin mentioned the, the railroads. We were famous for the railroads that cut through Hilliard. and and stop traffic, even in the middle of a parade, the train would come through and the parade would, for an hour or so, we would settle on one side, and you probably got stopped on one of those. I did. You know, Idle. So, so we had that, and I mean, uh, the, some t- train would stop out here on, right here on Main Street, and the crew would get off, and they would walk up to the IGA and get their get their <laughs> lunch, lunch stuff, lunch you know, and the cars would back up, you know, and they would come down. So we had that, so there was a great hue and cry. For that, so we had sort this of under under. So we, uh, I'm getting away from recreation, but well, uh, you know, this we, is uh, a long okay. career. We uh, acquired funds uh, from government funds and uh, bond issues, and we were getting income tax in at that by then, and uh, so we built the. Uh, John Briner helped out with that, we, right? We did the uh, overpass 
there on Cemetery Road, the one that nearest uh, uh, Main Street. Yes, John Briner, John Briner, who was on council, but that time worked for E.S. Preston and Associates, and they had the contract. So John had a lot to do with uh, constructing uh, that uh, uh, overpass. And it was a big day then. I remember uh, the people wanted to be the first under, you know, and the, and the schools had a band there, and the, and the school bus was running underneath that, you know, when the first <laughs> opening called. It was during the ferrying the schools. Well, of course, the, yeah. The, the school buses. So a few years later, we had the same sort of thing down near, two, down down. near 270, so we, we put that one in. We had a solution. One, solution was in the chute. You knew what to do at that, that point. That one was built right after I got my driver's license, um, so that would have been 87, 86. They had to build a temporary road to go out and around while they excavated and built the underpass, yeah. the, the one of the east end of Cemetery Road, yeah. before you get to the free We kind of deferred away from the... Uh, Recreation in the the big park. So um, the we, pool opened. Do you remember? I, I'm thinking 1975. When did the West Pool open? Maybe a year later. So it's in that, in that, in that ballpark figure. Okay. And uh, it was uh, so really well received. People were, were so pleased with that. And uh, this pool closed on Latimer Street, right? Latimer closed they, they, they at that time. They would never open at the same time. No, right? they they closed at that time. Okay. And. People still were happy with the pool, but now they wanted a, a community center for the, so for the, the, for it, the kids to go. So the pool go. was first, and then the community center. First, okay. then the community center, and then the uh, senior center. Okay. So that was the senior center. It was interesting. Uh, I was on uh, the board of uh, Middle Ohio Regional Planning then, and I knew that money had become available from the government for senior citizens and so forth, and there was like $250,000 that was going to go to some community. And uh, what we did, well, no, I, Phyllis Ernst did this, I have to give her credit. She filled a school bus up with all these seniors, you know, went to that public meeting, I mean, and they all voiced their opinion about how bad we needed it here, so we ended up with the money and to build, to build that senior citizen center. So that's... Uh, the story of those two. Then the park just kept enlarging. You had the the uh, amphitheater over there is the excavation for the lake. So that, mm -hmm. that, that made it. So we came, suddenly came up with with uh, the amphitheater and a sledding hill. Nice right, hillside it's used for, all of a sudden, it's, yeah. It's used for a sledding hill now. And then uh, various things were added to the park. Uh, the uh, talking about the old pool. We put a, one of the first things we put over there was a uh, a volleyball court. And we took the lifeguard chairs from the old pool of Latimer and, and put them up for the, uh, the officials to set in you know, during, during these games. So, so we did a lot of innovation back then. We were getting more money, but we were still extremely strapped, you know, for, for things. Just from a size perspective, you couldn't draw a ton of that funding, even if you even if you were getting first crack at it. We were still so small, relatively speaking. That, that's correct. And when the businesses started coming in, it was uh, makes a big difference, you know. Which, which parks were added while you were mayor? Conklin Park, I'm sure, existed. Um, how many? Conklin. How many, how many pocket parks were there in 1975? Two. Just two. Conklin. And Hamilton. Hamilton. Okay. Hamilton was a men okay. built that for softball right. league over there. Then other. All around it, these little pocket parks. Yeah. How many were added in the eighties and nineties? Oh, I don't, every, you were mayor. Just about every subdivision that came in that came in with a, uh, okay, so a, that, uh, a green those, space. Those became uh, part of the subdivisions. Yeah, right, that, that became okay. part of the green space. Okay. So we're very proud of our recreational and and what has been carried on to answer your question has been. Uh, I think the city's been very successful. I, uh, they brought in lots of industry. They got the Amazon. We got the, the Pike Company. We got just ADS. Yes. And a little bit of the the blend of the homegrown, in essence, the well, company that's well, what, been here well, from inception the, to what the we did airports, back yeah. in the 70s. Now we we had a master plan. That's we made a master plan for this area, and it's been pretty much followed 
You're fine. Anyway, anyway the, 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 we had the first master plan. Of course, it's been adjusted many, many times, but the basic master plan is just what they have right now. And then uh, we had the first road programs, the transportation network. We put it in back in those days, and that's been followed and enlarged and improved. So uh, we, we were the instrument, I guess, in what we see here today. People followed up being better than us. They're doing good. The city's doing fabulous right now. They're gonna, who would have thought back then that on Thursday nights, uh, Old Hilliard would be have a thousand people up there you know, walking around carrying a glass of beer and, and are having a good time, you know. And, yeah, uh, that's tonight. Uh, uh, that's, that's one of the things tonight, but there's something like that all the time going on. So we're, I feel, the top community in central Ohio in recreation. Did, it, did you envision all these things when, when you stepped away as mayor? Uh, I know you're pleased with what we have today. Yeah. Uh, I am too, but do, did you envision all that would really happen in, in the 23 years since you've um, Well, that, you've that's, that's kind of a loaded question, but I, I uh, yes, I, I'm not, not to this extent maybe this soon, but we had the land and the utilities. And all we needed was the uh, big businesses to come in because they demand uh, housing for their employees, too, you know, so they go hand in hand. The more business you get, the bigger your city and the variety of homes and apartments and condos that you have uh, to, to meet this demand. You know, Hillard was formed. Let me go back in history again. Uh, John Galbraith, I don't know if you folks remember him, but John, John Galbraith... Uh, built the first Avery homes and the Beacon homes and uh, part of the Hillcrest area just to have homes for his workers at General Motors, which was on Broad Street and Westinghouse. That, that was the bedroom community oh, really okay. for those industries. Oh. And uh, okay. he was, uh, John was uh, uh, a philanthropist, he was very good. He, he did a lot for the city back in his day. You know. And he helped us uh, form the Chamber of Commerce, if I remember right. Yeah, we used to have the Galbraith, Galbraith Award, Joe. Uh -huh. okay. right. What year was the Chamber formed? I mean, I should know that. I just, well, I was it's just at, oh, that, uh, 72 or 73? 73, February 73, yeah. Okay. I just attended the 50th anniversary of the Chamber, so. And they just had the 30th anniversary of Rails to Trails. Which I, I have, saw that too. Uh, which I have a trophy so, at home for starting that, website. you know. In in light of that, that Rails to Trails initiative in keeping with the parks and the recreation, and one of the things that I heard when I first came to Hilliard was it was about time for another cycle of parks and recreation spending and expansion. Because as you mentioned, it's all about these ebbs and flows of people coming to the community, expanding the community, demanding services right. and amenities, and then getting those things based mm -hmm. on whether they can be provided or not. So, no, the city has just added 125 more acres to our park for a wellness center and uh, more athletic fields and things of that nature. And I was there for that ceremony also. That yeah. was earlier this year. Mm -hmm. so, so they're, they're, they're keeping... Uh, Things moving very well. Keeping pace with that, that commensurate investment. As the city grows, so grows the investment in Absolutely. the parks department Absolutely. and recreation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's interesting. We have a look at the draft plan of the new community plan that's coming mm -hmm. out. It's in its final phases. Uh, the new budget will be out relatively soon. When you were talking about setting up the administration and you're setting up your different budgets, and what did you feel? When you were organizing the Hilliard government, what was what were the funds that demanded the most intensive resources? Streets, the infrastructure projects. What what did well, you feel the, were the, the first thing? Let, well, let's let, let, let's go back in time. Uh, when I came in, we had no police department. Okay, they, we had one, and they had some kind of uh, problem with the city back then, and they all walked out. So we I had heard to of that story. We had to start a. A new uh, police department. The one police officer that stayed and didn't walk out was Edgel Maynard. Edgel Maynard, and we made him the chief. And then we started hiring 
police officers. So mm -hmm. safety is always the first thing you got to take care of. Safety. It's okay. And that, that we were weak in every area, and we, we tried to uh, strengthen every area. We brought in Bob Tucker, who was a very well-known uh, uh, engineer. We, he was with uh, Jennings Lawrence Company, and he worked on the well, he worked on the the, the pool. In fact, uh, he came in and was our first service director under under me. And uh, Charles Charles Snyder, wasn't it? Charles Snyder, who was maybe a lot of people know Charles Snyder, but he was my safety director and law director at one time. Uh, Mike Close, all these guys judge. became judges, incidentally. I mean, and, and they were they were very good. And then we uh, brought in Phyllis Ernst in the recreation, and two, she was well known. She was uh, also an advisor to the governor. So she was not only the uh, here, but uh, he, he would call her about recreational things in the state. So no I had really great, good people. I didn't know that. <clears throat> so our attention was spread among everything. Had every direction to grow, yeah. every direction to go, get started so somewhere had, and we, see where you can make had, the most we gains. We had to go in every, every direction. It was, uh, it was just, wasn't just a little farming community, you know. The roads were 17 uh, feet across and uh, back in those days, uh, 20 years ago, or maybe 25 pounds ago, hmm. I was a runner, and uh, there were some marathons and things, but the people would gather at my house, and on Saturday mornings, uh, we would run from my house, and we would run out to Route 42. I mean, that's oh, yeah. train, train for the out. marathon. And we wouldn't see a car, you know, maybe a couple cars, all that. I thought, you try that now, you'd get killed, you yeah. know, <laughs> so traffic. Not so. advisable, not advisable. Hmm. You went from your house in the Hillcrest area, then west, yeah, right. all the way out, all the uh, way out in 42. Wow. I was did that on my 50th birthday, and your predecessor, Francis? Francis Jacobs? Francis Jacobs met us out there and took pictures from my 50th birthday of us running out there, yeah. Wow. Well, I know what year, I know what year that is. Um, I didn't introduce your age, if that's a, that okay to share. Sure. Roger is 89 years old. Um, so. I'm going to be 90 in September. Right around Old Hilliard Day. Uh, which, there's a good leap-off point. Um, tell us a little bit about founding Old Hilliard Day. Because I've gone to that as long as I can remember. The first one was about 1982, 81? I, I don't remember the exact year on that, but the uh, uh, we had a lot of small businesses, you know, uh, and uh, at that time we didn't have anything really, really major. And uh, Odie Blankenship, right. who had Odie's, he was well-known back in those days, and... Uh, all the people from the bank, and uh, my assistant Rhonda Petlow, and some others got together, and this, we wanted to have a festival or something like that. And we, we came up with uh, the old Hilliard Day, and which was, had games and people sold things and all that sort of thing. It's it's been going great, and. Uh, the, the ones running it now are doing a superb job. They're mm -hmm. doing a great. Ed Daniels is the kind of heads it up, I believe, and and he's a very good guy. We know uh, Robert Vance for Old Hilliard Festival, which is two separate things, right? Old Hilliard Fest and Old Hilliard Day, two separate. No, they're the same. Same okay. ones. Same well, thing. Just, just kind of changed the, the name. The name changed over the years. Yeah, but, but, yeah, uh, but Vance and Ed Daniel, it's, it's the same. Same thing. Yeah. It went from Old Hilliard Day. Now it's called Old Hilliard Fest, an art fair. Yeah. But it's yeah. the same event that has been held. And it's, second it's September, much, much larger than what we had. It, it grew with the city. Absolutely. And that's where that's where Jordan and I met the first time. Yeah, we got together our business uh, interests in donuts and coffee, natural pairing. No. Oh. Uh, the organizers set us up next to each other on the street and few days later we were sharing counter space worked out really well oh good yeah and we would be remiss talking about this if we didn't mention the franklin county fairgrounds are here in hill you know and that, that is a another draw and those folks do a good job with that too so uh, uh and we've used some of their facilities and of course it's, it's in uh, uh weaver park which is a city park so uh, that's where the old hilliard uh Villages and things of that nature. We started that with the uh, folks back then. 
and uh, brought the first log cabin in and school in, I think, while yeah, I was... Historical while society. I was there, yeah, right. yeah, that's been added on to... Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I remember bringing those buildings in and, uh, and moving traffic lights and so forth so they could get them in. And, wow. and, uh, that caboose there came from Kentucky, I think. I, mm. I, I wrote a story on that four or five years ago. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, it came up with some camp in Kentucky. Um, we they have they a, moved that voting booth from somewhere else there, the schoolhouse. We have a lot of really dedicated people dedicated to our city. Tim Woodruff from the Historical Society, Ed Yagels from the, the uh, Old Hilliard days. It's just people that spend a lot of time bringing entertainment into our community. Very nice. Anything from, from um, your corner in the next round? No, or I've not. got some stuff. Uh, ask, yeah, go right ahead. That's, that's all I had for now. How has, uh, over the years, how did your relationship growing the city in relation to county government change, county commissioners and, and how the township uh, felt about things. How did those forces work together, sometimes agree, sometimes disagree, annexations over the years, anything memorable in that relationship? Well, certainly, uh, we've had a good relationship, certainly with the county commissioner. Mm -hmm. uh, but when I was there, I don't know what it is right now, but, but back then they had uh, uh, really, really good people at Kaiser County Commission. I suppose they're still that the way now, but work with Dorothy Teeter and, and old Dewey Stokes, Stokes. Uh, and those folks. And, and the reason uh, I ask, I guess, just to give it a little more context. Go ahead. Okay. Well, you you mentioned annexation, so the, that we work fine with the county commissioners. They approve almost everything, and uh, some things we had to uh, bargain a little bit with the city of Columbus. Uh, the mill run, for instance, was, was not in our service contract area, but those people wanted to be in Hilliard. So we had uh, meetings with uh, that group, and it was Bucky Reinhardt, I think, was a bear then, mm -hmm. and he was a friend. I was one of his campaign committee. Anyway, and, but anyway, we ended up uh, splitting it, and they gave us the area along uh, 270, which we were surprised. We ended up, we thought, with the prime real estate, and then they took the, took the back part of that. So, uh, working with Tom Moody, uh, we we've, uh, we got the approval from them for expand our service director service service area. And oh, Greg Lashaka worked with him to bring in uh, the area west, really, and uh, we've been very successful dealing with Columbus. At that time, uh, now when you take go, and when you're annexing, you're taken from the township. Okay, right. But we maintain good relationships with the township. I can tell you this: that uh, township trustee uh, Gary Deaver, for instance, was a township trustee Brown uh, from township. Brown Township, and he'd come in and argue vehemently. Yeah. About us taking annexing out in the Brown Township, but you know when that meeting was over, he and I would go out to Odie's for some place and have a beer together, and we were friends. Well, we sure. just had different objectives, you know, and it was the same way with the two truths, uh, the schools. We had a good relationship with the schools. I mean, they they had different things they wanted to do, and uh, was counterproductive to what we wanted to do. And we would, we would argue about it, have meetings, and we'd go out and socialize together afterwards, which is the way government should be working all over. Remember, the, the city is still a city of people yes. in, in the end. And I think I, that's why I wanted to ask, because so many people now view these um, adversarially, I think, in too many respects. And in reality, it's simply about sharing and apportioning resources, moving things around, having those discussions, giving what you can, taking well, what you need. When I came here, the Agricultural Society and the city were at odds, I mean, really bad. Mm -hmm. And the schools and the city of Hilliard were really at odds, you know. These tensions flare up but, still now from oh, time I, to time. And uh, that was one of our prime jobs to bring everybody together. Yeah. And which we did. We, we became 
having different events together and all that sort of thing. And uh, sure. as I say, we didn't agree a lot. I remember uh, on a uh, revenue, forget what, what, what you call it, uh, tax abatement, tax abatement, where schools don't get any money, you know, for a period of time. Yes. And uh, the, the company comes in, the city would get the income tax and so forth. So uh, we would go to these meetings, Roger Nails, who was a superintendent and was a good friend, and he would argue against the tax abatement and vehemently. And I would argue for it, you know, at these sure. meetings. And I remember one day he said, you know, he says, we've been doing this. He says, let's, let's do something different. He says, I'm going to argue your point tonight. And you argue mine, and so we did it for kind of a joke, you know. And people finally caught on what was going on, but but we knew each other still so well, we could each do each other. So sometimes there's nothing to do but have that conversation because the problem isn't going to go away; it has to be negotiated out. No. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a lesson that should apply to uh, every aspect of government. I mean, you know, I think state, federal, and local all up and down the line would do well to remember that. Not me? I guess you. Mayor? We're at 36. Mm. Always in demand. <laughs> well, um, I think we'll conclude the podcast here then. Um, it's up to you. We've got more tape to go if you well, need it, or if there's some more stuff you want to talk about, or Roger, you wanted to bring anything um, to the table that you had wanted to bring out. We can edit around this. I'm, I'm thinking of some other stories to tell. Um, uh, you, you served as mayor from 1975 to uh, 1999. Uh, voters, voters uh, by the way, voters enacted term limits in 1993, I think it was. Um, so, Mayor, you had one more term uh, you could have ran. Um, what was your thinking in when you decided to step down? What was your thinking then uh, to, 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 six, not, to not take the one more term that you had eligible? I was 66 at that time. I, wanted to, I thought it was time to hang it up. I didn't want to be sitting there when I was 70. <laughs> so that's basically it. Basically, and I was there, I was there enough. Hmm. I was a longest serving mayor at that time, and still are. I, I, I don't know if I still am or not, but you know. Uh, after the time passed and you weren't mayor, how much did you miss, sir? Did you get, ever give a second missed, thought? Maybe I should have stayed? Missed the people. Mm -hmm. You missed the people. I mean, uh, for, for, for years, you know, I was gone from home almost every night and even on weekends. You know, the mayor had a lot of duties back then. Okay. I, I, over that period of time, 24 years, I probably married a thousand people. Amazing. And then, of course, wow. They, Have any of them ever oh, Jack reached Ball. back again at all to you? Any of them? Oh, yeah. I see them in the restaurant. People oh. come up and say, remember me? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and I was a thousand. And I had, oh, yeah, not to be like 500. Well, over, 20, you know, over that period of time. You know. 500 marriages, yeah, you know. Uh, and, uh. I was the mayor. I was a judge too. I, I was, was going to say marriage court. I had, got I had a lot of traffic every Wednesday, and so I, I had all that going on. Anything uh, memorable come out of marriage court that you can share? Statute of limitations passed. <laughs> I mean, you know, people people only, only one funny story, which I t tell some people, is that uh, during my time as as mayor, they came up with these lapel mics, mm. and someone suggested all well, the people out in the courtroom couldn't hear everything I was saying, I want you to put that on. So I had that lapel mic on, you know, and uh, someone out there was giving me, how shall I say, clean it up, uh, a cock and bull story I, I knew was, everyone there knew he was lying. And uh, Charles Snyder, my law director, he even broke down laughing, had turned his back away from me, and I called for a recess. And I got this mic on, and I go in the clerk's office. I'm not even near the courtroom, you know. Wireless. I said, did you hear what that <laughs> so and so. guy was saying out there, you know? <laughs> and they heard it all over the <laughs> a, a live mic. Technology moment. can get us. Yeah. <laughs> We're not used to it. If I remember right, he changed his plea when I'm back. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Probably a wise move. Probably a wise move. Oh, I've married people in balloons and, and, and everywhere. It's kind of fun, I thought. Had the city moved toward any semblance of electronic record keeping by the time of your final term? No, no well, just near the end, they brought, we brought in a a, a computer and you know with the <laughs> with the mouse and all that kind of stuff, you know, which uh, Rhonda was using. I was using it for a typewriter more than anything else, but uh, I'm, I'm sure the city has greatly improved their uh, area. There's a director of IT now. That probably wasn't one of your jobs in 1971. <laughs> you know, well, 71, again, we had uh, our own uh, water plant, our own building system. Uh, had uh, guys going around in people's basements and drinking meters, and that we had that whole thing the going on. The plant was behind Beacon. Um, so I, that was uh, a, I was aware if of the plant if, if you remember, It was called Tricill, and it was called um, a couple of, couple of things. Yeah, but if you remember that sewer plant and living in Beacon, well, about the odor that people... Yeah, pe- the, the odor was pe- there from people, time to time. You know, yeah. So it was time to move on from that because that's, we were getting a lot of complaints from you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I live in Beacon now and I can't vouch for we are a we are a neighborhood of loudmouths uh, about things that need done. I I think that's that's a great illustration of that's government. Problems come up, problems need solved. Mm-hmm. That's what government exists to do, solve problems for the people that's that correct. in the community elect that government. So that's uh Time spent towards those goals is important. Uh, time spent away from those goals uh, doesn't contribute to the overall health of the community, I would, I would argue. Uh, do you have any advice for present or future uh, legislators, community members, council people that uh, choose to make trying to improve Hilliard part of their vocation and part of their lives? That's a good question because more people, I think, are getting involved in their government these days. One, one thing people should remember that council men and women are legislators they are not the administrators you know Uh and that comes up a lot and uh, not only in Hillier but elsewhere you know but they try to do each other's jobs sometimes and that does not work at all so understood know your know your mission (laughs) know your purview stay in your lane a little bit that's right yeah but we've always had the Good. I had good relationship with all the council, even even the ones that were not the same party or anything. We were, yes, we were, we were all friends. You know? so Did you count how many different council members served at one time or another while you were mayor? I, I tried that, but I ran out. I mean, they're just okay. Just, just <laughs> only so many so fingers many. and toes. Yeah, so, we got limitations. So here, many, right? so many. And some of them are still around. A lot of them have passed on. A lot of them have passed on. Well, there has been some overlap in government, of course. You know, there are several people still in the city administration with decades-long tenures and things like that that have been there for an amount of time, close to 30 years, I think, is some of the leading mm-hmm. leading candidates in those in those offices. Yeah, I, I think there's some people who work certainly in the at the department level. There's right. you know, Le- Letty Shemp, the Letty. We hired Letty, you know, and uh, okay. uh, Clark, the. Uh, no, well, he and also uh, our deputy chief, uh, Ron Clark. I, 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 hired, I hired him, and but most Butch of them were Butch Seidel was in with the streets, and you, you mentioned a little bit about Butch, the, Butch came after Roger. Butch, Butch was after me. I, I had yeah, Bob Tucker. Was there maybe fifteen? And, but I knew Butch well. He was a great guy. And they they kind of followed along in some of that stuff that you had initiated in previous iterations. You know, the street plan, that street plan that lays out where we develop even now in some respects and how those streets are organized. We had the first, and we updated it, you know, every year or so, and they're still doing it. They keep updating it and spreading it out. I used to know uh, every street in Hilliard. Yeah. And I knew people probably on every street and some of the kids on that street, you know. Sure. Right, right now, I can get lost. I'm going out toward, towards the YMCA, you know, and there's that new area down there. Yeah. Um, I kind of feel the same way. My son asks me sometimes why I don't I take this road or that road. I still drive the paths that I learned when I got my driver's license. They the might have, they might have, they might have opened up a new road. There's a quicker no. way to get there, but one thing that happened, I don't take it. One thing that happened that uh, people... Uh, 
I don't want to take credit for, but it actually happened. All these subdivisions, and we put little lakes in. There's mm-hmm. ponds and mm-hmm. ponds and ponds. Well, those geese that used to fly over Hilliard have now adopted Hilliard, you know. And the geese are, I, I got stopped the other day, uh, the geese going across the road and on Truman Boulevard, I think yeah. it was, with all these little geese falling along, you know, and they were all traffic stops. And I said, <laughs> My wife said, you started that. <laughs> <laughs> they, they came across Davidson Road, and yeah. um, at, least, at least they go on and get out of the way. But what, what I marvel at sometimes is they'll be bumper to bumper. I mean, cars are all moving 35 miles an hour, nose to tail, and they'll just go right out. <laughs> and, and I'm like, right. You know, Remind you, know. you of somebody? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and, of course, uh, we, we had a lot of deer before we still ended up doing all this development and everything. And we still have those deer. Yeah, I still see deer and beacon all the time, <laughs> but, but, actually. But now they're eating your tomatoes and your geraniums yeah. and so forth. And making, it, making it work just like the rest of us. Making it work just like the rest of us. Something's things to It's fun to look back at the way things have evolved, so it really is. So. And you were here for a lot of it, I know. Uh, yeah, a, a lot of it. Um, I, I used the start of when I started kindergarten, it's kind of my barometer. Um, so I can remember Burger Chef and the L and K, and um, that could be another podcast, maybe just discussing. And I hope the listeners maybe react to this. The things that came and went. All the restaurants that have came huh. and went. Um, I would like to talk to some of the people that run the ones that are out there now, because a lot of them have been around for a long time. Maybe they could lend a little insight into how that industry's changed. The Chamber of Commerce we talked about a little bit today. They've had all these different industries grow and subside and mm-hmm. and show different influence over the course of the years. It'd be interesting to talk to Libby and, and see uh, what they feel is the future of Hilliard. You know, we've got the City Lab project, Converge Technology, Lib- all this stuff. Libby is doing an excellent job in her position. She really is. I'm very, very, she's very, the prou- only very proud of her. Of she was, she, she's she was director on, she's been there for almost twenty, 20 years, years now. She was on the school board, you know, back then. Ah. You know, so, but yeah, I, I've known her, her since then, and every time I see her, I have to congratulate her on the job she's doing. She's doing absolutely a fantastic job. Well, you just hope that more people can see it, like you and like Libby, and like a lot of people have seen it. It is, you know, whether you retired twenty five years ago or whether you're still doing it now, it's it's your life's work. You know, making a community better uh, is a life's work, and and this city is certainly better for all your efforts. I uh, used I so. used to get that not lately, but I just some of the schools used to have me come in and talk about the history of Hilliard, and that was that was kind of fun. So, you yeah. know, this guy. This is not the recording part of it. Oh yeah, oh, keep going. Oh, <laughs> I think I know where he's going with this. No, well, that is, the mother used to bring him in when he was a little kid. He collected uh, badges and police emblems and things like that, you know, and, and get, get on my knee, you know, and, and uh, that's, that's many years ago. I was telling uh, Michelle that. She says, Oh, yeah? She, she says, didn't know that. She, she said, Do you have a picture of that? I'd love to have a picture of <laughs> <laughs> Francis Jacobs wrote a story on one of those visits. Um, somebody tipped her oh. off on this little precocious third grader who. Had an interest in my grandfather was politics. a common pleas court judge for 25 years in my hometown, and there's photos of me sitting on his knee on that bench. You know, if you're interested in what it takes to make the world go round, it's not just the earth spinning. It's people coming together doing things. And once you get a taste for it, if you um, see it and believe in it, it can be all you ever want to do. It can be all you ever want to do with your life. So, you know, I think if people uh, take anything away from conversation today is that it's a life well worth spending in those ways. Uh, you know, the city that we live in today wouldn't be the city that it is if not for the efforts of the people that came before us. So, you know, and the people that are still here putting in good work now. I, I think that's really the thing to take away from this conversation. Uh, the thing I'm taking away from it is you put in all those years of work and laid a lot of the groundwork for uh, the way the city has grown, and you still live here. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I think that is that is a real yeah. example of skin we, in the game. We moved here, and uh, that comes up a lot. We moved here in 1958. 
Okay, I was a general accounting manager for Jeffrey Manufacturing Company. I was uh, and the cost. I had I was a general accounting manager, and I came out here and uh, in '58, and so I experienced all this lack of of. Uh, Recreation everything. and so forth. Lack of everything. Our, our, <laughs> yeah. and, and our kids grew up. And like our son Mark, when he was ten, he wanted to play little league ball. So that's how I got I got involved with little league. I coached little league for like eleven years, you know, and pony league and all that kind of stuff. Of course, J.W. Reason was a new school back then, and, uh, mm-hmm. and they had built uh, the the one on uh, Britain. It was a two-story building, you know, and the architect was at the J.W. Reason PTO meeting, and uh, and uh, I asked any questions, and I asked a question about the elevator and stuff, and uh, over on Britain, you know, mm-hmm. and they were having a, a uh, election that night for officers of the PTO, it was PTA then, and some guy said, "I want to nominate the guy that was asking the questions." We didn't know each other, so. So I became president of the PTA. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! And from and from that I became uh, uh, on the uh, school. Uh, I don't know what position it was, but anyway, I was a representative through all the schools for a while. And Cemetery oh, Road. Six c- of them, then. Cemetery Road was uh, that seventeen-foot road, and people's yards were right. And the kids going to do school, J.W. Reason would walk in their yards. Mm-hmm. Or in the street, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the school officials asked me, as a representative, to go to city council meeting and ask the, for sidewalks down Cemetery Road. And put your hand up in that city council meeting. You oh, left the damn mayor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get treated very well, and the superintendent Jim Diley then he says, "Why don't you run for city council?" There it is. <laughs> uh, so I never thought about it. He said, I'll see if you get the necessary support. <laughs> so I ran. I was a top getter. I was a vote getter that year. And all starred because people in Cemetery Road didn't want to put sidewalks in. and Because and, uh, it, was, it was going to cost them. Because that was such a taxable thing. They'd have yeah. to pay for them. Hmm. But so that's what got that started. Got to get the kids out of the damn street. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing for it. Like you said, it all starts with safety, right? <laughs> <laughs>